0: Hello friends and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your supervisors and managers, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Boss. In this 13 month program, I'll be taking your managers through our driving results curriculum. And that includes topics on communication, performance management, motivation, delegation, problem solving, decision-making, team development, and much more. The sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and I'll do it using our popular sketch and seminar, graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoints, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide practical, tactical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can have either your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our open enrollment cohorts that start every other month. For more information visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, 2020 and 2021 have been really, really critical years in terms of really throwing lots of curveballs at us. Our guest today is Vivian Blade. Now, she is the author of Resilience Ready, The Leader's Guide to Thriving Through Unrelenting Crisis, which I guess when we have some, you might want to read her book, right? and also her newest book that just came out, which is Influence and Talent Development. I talked to Vivian about resilience. This is sort of her buzzword. I happened to meet her at a conference earlier this summer, and I was amazed at what she knows and what she does. She's got two really great books, a ton of experience, and I know she's somebody that you're gonna wanna reach out to as you start thinking about how to move forward post-pandemic. So let's quit talking about her. Why don't we talk to her? You know what time it is. Let's make sure that personal item's under the seat in front of you. Make sure your seatbelt is buckled. Time for us to take off.
1: Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe.
0: Vivian Blade, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Mac. I am excited to be with you today.
0: Well, I'm glad you could be here, too. So we probably need to share with the audience where we met. I was actually one of the speakers at the Kentucky Sherm conference, the state conference here a few months ago. And so I did two sessions back to back. And I think you read my first one and came up and mm-hmm. talked to me at the end, which is pretty unusual. Most people yes. can't wait to get out of the session. They're like, I need to get <laughs> out of this thing as quick. But you stopped by and you were gracious enough to give me a copy of your, your one book at the time, which is Resilience Ready. But then I found mm-hmm. out that you actually have a new book that's coming out next week. And we want to talk about that right. book. And I want to talk a little bit about Resilience Ready as well. But before we do that, Vivian, I was hoping you could talk about yourself. Tell us about your journey and tell us what you're working on now.
2: All right, so a little bit about my journey and my background and sort of like, I guess what, what got me to where I am and doing the kind of work I do today. Um, but I have been fortunate to have an, a wonderful corporate career. I started out working for Humana and uh, coming out of graduate school, was in the management intern program. So it got some great leadership experience Experience there sort of right out of out of, uh, out of grad school and then from there from my professional experience working a lot in marketing where you influence a lot you know in the field of, of marketing um, had the opportunity to work for GE and uh, work specifically for GE appliances and initially spent some time in an influence type of role there too with uh, with a marketing role but had a great opportunity to grow my professional career and experience through lean six Sigma through uh, being a product manager through leading the customer experience effort so through all of those those years and those opportunities I had a great chance to develop my own leadership platform and, and style and experience, um, professional development experience as well. And so that really has led me to what I'm doing today, where I was laid off back in the, the last downturn we experienced back in 2008-2009 timeframe. And uh, from that, given all of the experience that I had and all the development that I had the opportunity to take advantage of, all the mentoring and sponsorship that I had, that gave me a platform to be able to come and do a lot of the same work with other organizations, helping them to develop their leaders, helping them to um, develop better organizations. Like you talk about building better bosses. Um, So, you know, also building better, uh, better workplaces uh, as well. So
0: So did you start your business then right after the downturn when you lost your job?
2: Right during the downturn. So right as I um, sort of received that notice, went to the outplacement support, you know, and And actually took the assessment that said I wouldn't be great at entrepreneurship. That wouldn't be my thing. But here I am. What is it? 12 (laughs) years later.
0: (laughs) Well, you went into it with a marketing background, which that wouldn't hurt you
2: at all doing what you do now, right? Certainly, certainly. And so, so just given that, I um, said, well, there weren't any jobs available, actually, at the time. You know, it was very, very limited. And our family, we decided we were going to stay here uh, in the Louisville, Kentucky area, um, given my husband's career, his his solid employer that he was working for at the time. And um, so with that, I said, you know, I'm going to take my experience and, and launch. I had, had actually thought about what would I do when GE was looking at spinning off the appliances division or selling it? So I had thought about a consulting practice at at that point. So brushed off those notes and ideas and and uh, experts in growth leadership in consulting came to fruition from that.
0: That's great. So when you got started after that, did the, did the recession itself, uh, as you started in your business, was, was that holding you back initially or did you find that? Those types of clients appeared after that. How did that work? Because I know a lot of colleagues that I knew back in those days, and I was doing a little outplacement work on the side back in those days, their businesses folded because Mm -hmm. they just couldn't, you know, at that point, I mean, I think people that don't remember that recession only remember COVID. And even with COVID, there's still plenty of jobs. But in 08, 09, that that was really, really bad. How yeah. was it starting in that climate?
2: Um, you know, I, I had the benefit of people who were willing to help me to get started, to help me to, to learn what it was like to be in business for yourself um, and to uh, to bring me along, to give me the opportunity to work alongside them. And, um, and then some people who were willing to invest in me and give, give me a chance as they were beginning to uh, still or begin to, again, you know, like we're experiencing now, invest in their people. And um, so I, I, I'm just fortunate that, that there have been some tremendous people in my life who have given me an opportunity. They've been tremendous influencers, you know, been very influential on me and my career success. That's good.
0: It's funny because you're using two words a lot, and not only in this conversation, but in prior conversations we've had, influence and resilience. Mm -hmm. Those seem to be like your magic words. So I'd like to dig into those just a little bit. And I want to talk about your previous book a little bit toward the end. But tell me about influence. What does that mean to you?
2: Oh, to influence. You know, we have such a tremendous responsibility when it comes to this word influence, but we often take it so lightly. And for me, influence is when we are... Um, using our ideas, our thoughts, our uh, need, you know, oftentimes to move people to uh, make a decision, to see things our way, to get on board with, with our agenda and what we're trying to accomplish. And all of that takes influence. And so how we do that. Is critically important. And that's really what I write about in the influence book. It's, it's a different way of thinking about influence and, and being influential, being that person of influence, rather than just thinking about, oh, I need to influence somebody today. What tactic will I use? What strategy am I going to pull out of my toolkit? But how do we embody and embrace and, and utilize a foundation of what I call relational influence principles that help us to be more influential and have have more of that solid foundation to to influence from.
0: When I think most people today think about influence, I think what comes to mind is influencers, like, uh, I don't know, one of the Kardashians or all of them, whatever ones are always on the social media and everybody wants to wear what they're wearing or Jake Paul or Logan Paul with boxing. Is that the same type of influence that you talk about from a YouTube influencer versus what you define there as you know using our ideas to kind of bring people along?
2: You know, there are times when all of us will will be influencers and use some tactics along with being influential. So, you know, if we look at Cialdini and some of the the influence uh, per, and persuasion he calls them them uh, persuasion principles of persuasion that he talks about you know likability being a person of authority um things like that. Uh, Scarcity, creating a a situation of scarcity. Those are some strategies that he talks about that are very very effective at persuading or influencing people. And we see a lot of these social media influencers use a lot of those influence tactics. And we in our work oftentimes, we, we will use some of those tactics as well. But part of the difference that I talk about is the fact that a lot of those tactics, where they may give you short-term gain, they are not necessarily long-term relationship influencing. Um, they are they get you to buy, you know, at, at whatever product it is that that someone is um, trying to promote through their influence. But there's no real strong relationship there. What about you know when you've used that product or when you are looking for the next thing, who's the next influencer or when that person does something that doesn't necessarily uh, work with what you believe are your values to be, you know, then, then what kind of influence does that person uh, have on you? So, I, I see short-term opportunities really for those influencers, though, you know, again, sometimes we do use some of those tactics and, and need to when we influence, but we have to be very careful about how we use those tactics.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that. Uh, last week I had a workshop and it was, uh, workshop was entitled how to get results without authority. And somebody had asked me, you know, what's the difference between influence and manipulation?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I had to think about it for a minute. And I, I mean, I came up with something have you ever been asked that before? Is there a difference between the two?
2: Yeah, and in fact, when I talk about some of the mistakes or the the mindsets that people have around influence that help them to get not optimal results, that's one of them, where people believe that, uh, that they mistake influence for manipulation. Um, and so manipulation is again, using that tactic to try to just sway somebody to our position where it may be a win for me, but not necessarily for the other person. So we manipulate someone you know, potentially into coming along with our idea or uh, getting on board with, with whatever it is we want them to do, taking the action that we want them to take. Are we necessarily thinking about their best interest as well? And so what I challenge people to think about and in influence is that you know, we don't want to manipulate you know, that can ruin those relationships, but what can we do to invest and, and build what I call social capital in those relationships so that there's a foundation of trust. If you truly want to influence and influence at a deeper level and influence longer term, you've, you've got to have a foundation of trust and respect, you know, there's there's a relationship piece of to it. Even if you don't know each other well, you can probably think of of people who have influenced you know it, in our lives who are maybe icons in our society. You know, for example, and um and and though we don't know those people well necessarily, there is something about the track record of respect that and their, the actions that they have taken that make us trust them. And that deeper level of trust then gives them greater influence on us and our lives.
0: From what you say, it sounds like influence sort of has a longer lasting effect where manipulation is in the moment. I'm, I'm thinking specifically, I don't know if you've ever seen these, but commercials like for the ASPCA, where they have all those, videos of skinny dogs shaking in the snow and the cats have all that goop in their eyes and they play the sad music and somebody says you know what would you give for these animal friends and is that influence or is that manipulation
2: yeah you know i want to be a little careful and conscientious there but we do play on people's heartstrings a lot you know and i would say that leans more toward the manipulation side of you know again just playing on people's heartstrings, you know, or, or using some of those, those influence tactics at, at really getting at people's emotions. Um, but what you haven't really done there is made the connection to, at, at a deeper level for the individual, you know, why is, this, why is this important? And why is this important for you to be involved? Um, you know, I, I think a lot too about the political ads that we see so much. You know, so many of the political ads are, um, you know, throwing all this information at us. They are, you know, trying to influence our decisions by bashing the competition, you know, in so many manipulative ways or, or trying to make us think that our position is like somebody else's by just making us see maybe just a little piece of of the opinions and the platform that that particular person or or party may espouse. So, you know, that's another example where I see manipulation often often happens, um, where, you know, we may not be thinking about our values as deeply in those moments when we see some of those ads. And, but, I think as we see them over time and we have time to resonate with them and think about them, you know, we, we think more carefully oftentimes about how they are influencing us and in our decisions.
0: That, that's a great example you use there. And I've always wondered, you know, is there actually any human being on this planet who's ever changed who they're going to vote for based on an attack ad? And, and I would be willing to bet there's like zero. Because most people know, I mean, I don't know, like, oh, my gosh, I just saw this ad. I am totally changing my party affiliation. Yeah. Because whoever wrote that ad should get an Emmy for it. But mm-hmm. I think the majority of them are using sort of yeah. those manipulation tactics. And all it seems to do is just create a further divide. Does influence tend to bring people together then?
2: You certainly can. And so some of the principles that I talk about are these influence relational type of principles that help us to bring people together. And I use a framework called the SCALE model. And the SCALE is an acronym that stands for these five key principles. And the S is social capital. The C stands for courage. The A stands for authenticity. The L is for leaning in with passion and the E is for engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community. So all of those are relationship based. They bring the the intent is to bring people together. And with social capital as that very first principle, you know it's about investing in the relationship without being self selfish you know we want to be selfless in what we invest in relationships with with people how can I add value and we know that you know the universe or karma with people whatever people call it will come back to us good when you do good Good will come back to you, but you don't necessarily do it for that intent. Well, the
0: book that's coming out, and, and today we'll date this. We're, today is what, the 26th, of 27th mm-hmm. of uh, October. Mm-hmm. And so the book launches, you said November the 2nd?
2: Yes, one week from today. One
0: week. It's coming out soon. Now, the book's entitled Influence and Talent Development. It is published by the Association for Talent Development. So I'm guessing that the audience for this, would it be people that are in talent development, human resources? Is that your intended audience for this?
2: That is the the intended audience for this book. And in fact, Influence and Talent Development is part of a soft skills series that ATD is introducing this fall. So a couple of the books are already out. There are a couple others that that are forthcoming, including my Influence book. But um, this series is intended to help talent development and HR professionals more specifically to hone in on things like emotional intelligence, their, um, their influence, creativity, working as teams. Those are some of the other topics that are part of this, this series. Knowing how important those skills are for success and especially in this environment. So, um, yeah, th- those are, are critical skills for this particular audience and very much targeted to leaders that are in this space and people who are in the HR and talent talent development profession.
0: Well, the folks that you mentioned, so uh, an organization's leaders, and I'm thinking HR professionals, they have just resident in their position. They have power. I mean, an HR professional can use that employee handbook. They can use the laws. Leaders can just assert authority. It seems like Those people don't need to worry about influence. It's the people that don't have power. Why would somebody with that kind of power need to even think about influence?
2: Yeah. I think you think about the, the how, when we look at leadership and effective leaders, we are really challenging ourselves to consider how am I going about influencing someone? Here's an example. I I worked with a general manager along the course of my career who, um, he was direct. He would um, tell tell it like it is. He was a driver, you know, to get results and get things done. And, but he was very well respected. He um, had a lot of experience and so sometimes his approach initially would be off-putting to people, but as you worked with with him and really got to know him a little bit more and had some of that that social capital, and when you really were, were feeling like you were on the same team, you know, working working together and working toward a common goal, you know, he was very much invested in people. He was very much invested in. Uh, the outcomes for the organization. So, you know, you can influence in different ways. But when you really, again, got to know him and saw him more from the inside and had some of those uh, other opportunities to build those relationships, you could see how he influenced really differently. And so, you know, much of what we saw from the outside was not what he was doing on on the inside, uh, you know, oftentimes, but, you know, it's critically important in, in how we engage. Well,
0: it's interesting. And, and how long ago was, uh, did you know this person? Has it been a while?
2: Uh, yeah, it was um, when I was working uh, full-time in GE. So mm-hmm. So we're talking, yeah, yeah, what,
0: 12 years, years ago? So. 10, 12? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 12 years I think it's, so. it's interesting that mm-hmm. that's the example that comes to mind where I'm sure you've had a sea of forgettable bosses, but then there's this one who who does this something a little different. And here we are mm-hmm. talking about it today. Mm-hmm. So it, yes. sounds, it sounds like it's some powerful stuff. Now, Vivian, I don't want you to give me the secret sauce because I want people to go buy this book. But could you give us just maybe a couple of suggestions on how we could grow our influence with the understanding, if you're listening to this, you better go buy the book. Right. We're not get. You're not getting the whole thing right now. <laughs> right. Do you have a couple of suggestions for us, though.
2: Right. Right. You know, it, in the workshops I do, I want to to give people um, some concrete action items that they can take away. So I, I talk about for each of these five principles of of influence, how you can do that with steps that you can take. And so simply, I'll give you examples of a couple. So we were talking a little bit about this whole social capital concept of where we're investing in relationships. And it is the, those investments and the dividends that come from those investments that help us to influence, to have that foundation of a relationship that we can, can use for our influence. And so one thing you can do is think about how can I selflessly add value And in what ways can I add value? Um, As we are in human resources roles, there are a myriad of ways that we can add value as we work with our clients across the organization. You know, if we are uh, in this whole transition time we're in right now, you know, with COVID, trying to figure out how to go back to work. You know, um, I I was talking to, uh, some HR professionals who were telling me just how many extra hours they have worked in in this time. and But in those hours, it is what they've been able to do to help make sure that they make connections to people, help take care of people, to help make sure that the workplace is an environment that is conducive to well-being. So what are some of those things that you can do to help add value in your relationships and in your organizations? What skill sets do you have? What can you bring to the table? Uh, another way that you can build your influence is around authenticity. So I'll talk about the A and the scale um, model in that framework. With authenticity, I encourage you to learn to be adaptable, not artificial. Now we've had to adapt you know we've heard the word pivot adapt so many times uh in this environment as we've gone through this pandemic and sometimes we think that in order to influence we have to be somebody that we're not and what we want to do is connect with our our values who are we at our central core what's important to us how do our values connect with the values in the organization And how then can we be our true selves and then adapt as situations arise? We've been under tremendous amounts of stress and all of that stress. And as we use assessments like DISC, for example, we look at what is your style, your behaviors, your style, when everything seems to be going okay? And then when you're under stress and under pressure, do you feel like you have to adapt your style? And so when we're under stress, oftentimes we do feel like we have to adapt our style. How are we adapting? Are we being more artificial or are we truly adapting in a more authentic way? So those are a couple of examples of things that you can do to establish a greater foundation of influence.
0: That's great. So you only gave us a couple of little hints, but you know, what is scale is one, two, three, four, five. So there's basically five strategies and these are all covered in the book, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, they yes. are. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, before you did this, cause when I met you, you gave me a copy of your current book now, which is resilience ready. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the cover. Who is this person on the cover? My goodness. That would be you, wouldn't it? How about that? That would yeah. be me. That would be you. <laughs> but when I've I have followed you now on LinkedIn since we met a few months ago, and I noticed that much of what you post on LinkedIn has a lot to do with resilience. What's the story for you behind resilience? And why was that the push for your for the book that you have right now?
2: Mm-hmm. So resilience came about because, of course, at the start of the pandemic, I was already writing a book, a a different book, but that used some similar principles around how do you navigate through a crossroads when you're at a challenging point in time, especially in your career. And as we were navigating the crisis of the pandemic when it first started, I was looking at what can I do to help provide resources for leaders, people I work with, clients I work with, or or others who could just use some support to help themselves and their organizations get through this time. And I realized that some of the things that I were writing about was, was about this whole concept of resilience and how we can be more resilient when we are facing these crossroads. So I really turned that into a leadership book around how we can build personal resilience, resilient teams, and resilient organizations through these five resilience-ready principles. And uh, those key principles are your perspective, how you see things, how you see your opportunity, your purpose, and engaging people around a meaningful purpose. Perseverance, which is less about just charging through at all costs and more about building well-being in an environment where people can thrive. Then there's partnership where we build connections to other people. We make sure we check in We're we're getting the support that we need as well. When we're going through crises and change and then praise, which is important to recognize what people are going through the effort that they're putting in to make it all work, to get through it all. And so that, framework. I thought gave, uh, talking about foundation again, leaders and individuals, a foundation where they can build their resilience, develop that skill set and know how to be at a point or return to a point of thriving in their lives and in their careers. And I talk about how important influence is to building partnership. Uh, So you'll see in the Resilience Ready book, I, I I talk about this framework briefly about influence and these key influence relational principles because influence helps us to build partnership with other people because we're, you know, again, we're in this tense situation where people are going through crises when we're going through change. You know, we can't dictate that everybody's going to agree or, or, you know, happily just go along with the plan. But we have to show that we care about other people. We're concerned about them and and what they're concerned about, that we are concerned about their overall well-being and that we're concerned about outcomes that benefit us all. So how do we build partnership? And we do that through the skill of being influential, uh, being that person of influence as we influence and affect other people's lives, as leaders and as HR professionals each and every day.
0: Well, I'll tell you those, you showed the connection between those really, really well. And the thing that I've learned about you, cause I had no idea that you started after the last major crisis we had in this country, even though it seems like we have one every week, like <laughs> those are like the big ones, right? <laughs> you just, you completely rebuild yourself. You lose a job and you start a business. So here we are, you know, 10 years later, whatever. And now we're in the middle of another crisis. And then now here you are giving us strategies to lead through this. So you've got the credibility and now you've got, and I love your examples. I love scale. I like the structure to all this. So it's pretty obvious, you know, your stuff, Vivian. What are you working on next? Have you thought about what's coming up next for you?
2: You know, I I think next, what I'm really trying to do is, is just build these frameworks, you know, as cultural foundations within organizations, uh, helping to transition these concepts and making them real, making them live, you know, as I do, and, and as I have within organizations. So really, that's the next thing to just to, to continue to, to focus on these, uh, help organizations to instill these principles within their organization so that they are, are ready, they are resilience ready for whatever comes their way. And I also want to make sure that people realize that, that when I talk about crises, it's not just crises as big as a big pandemic, but we face surprises every day in the workplace. Stuff that comes up, it's like I wasn't ready or prepared for that today. I didn't want to have to deal with that today. Where did that come from? It came out of left field and we have to deal with them. So how do we deal with them and and how do we do that as leaders and how how can we be resilient in our response? And then how can we leverage a foundation of being people of influence being influential and the values and the character that we have within ourselves that allow us to to earn the right to be leaders to influence as human resource professionals to engage our organization our people and and where we are are taking the organization in the future Um, HR professionals, talent development professionals play such a tremendous role in helping to make sure that our organizations are competitive and ready for what comes next. So how can we be those influencers that can help make that happen uh, in a positive and constructive way that builds people up, that builds our organization up, that, that, creates a culture and environment where people want to work and feel valued versus being a place where so many people are seeing today where they don't want to work anymore. You know, how can we turn our cultures around from this great resignation to be a culture where people feel valued and and they want to be, they want to stay, they want to contribute. They know that they have something to contribute.
0: Well, when you make the decision to run for office, I'll vote for you. I don't even have to watch the attack ad. That's some powerful stuff, Vivian. For those who are listening today who would like some help, obviously the books are one thing. And so I want you to tell us how to get a copy of both of your books, but maybe more importantly, what would it be like if the author of those books were able to come to your organization and help you out? So How do we get a hold of you, Vivian? How do we get a copy of the book? How can you help us through this time?
2: Yes, uh, all of my books are available on Amazon, so you can find them there. And you can also find information on them at uh, VivianBlade.com. So that's my website, VivianBlade.com. And you can contact me directly via email at Vivian at VivianBlade.com. Would love to talk with you. Come and and work with your organization to help you become uh, a culture of resilience, develop that culture of resilience, develop a culture of leaders who can create value and um, who can be influential in a way that attracts and keeps talent rather than turns talent away. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Well, absolutely the right person for the right time. So if you're listening, please reach out to Vivian. Vivian, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us today. And uh, if you're listening, please, uh, please work with Vivian. Uh, having met her, I think she's somebody that you'll really, really enjoy getting to know. And from what she's written and told us, she definitely has lots of things she can offer your organization. Vivian, thanks
2: so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mac. Great to be with you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.